0: My good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service.
1: Manx Radio
0: This week we reflect on being part of history. We celebrate the life of a Celtic saint with some beautiful poetry and music and there's a rare opportunity to listen today to someone you can actually meet here on the island next weekend. And Ruth Rice wonders how we feel about failure. But let's start as always with music. And today's choice is inspired by the dawn chorus and a lovely sunrise that I enjoyed earlier this morning.
2: from the
1: world
2: Sweet the rain's new fall Sunlit from heaven Like the first dew fall On the first ground Praise for the sweetness of the wet garden, sprung in completeness where His feet fall. is The sunlight, mine is the morning. Born of the one light, Eden's of the Praise with elation, praise every morning. God's recreation of the new day morning has broken like the first morning blackbird has spoken like the first Praise for the sea, praise for the morning, praise for them spring.
0: Jones and Nell Bryden with Morning Has Broken. Each year on Maundy Thursday, the day before Good Friday, Her Majesty the Queen or a royal official ceremonially distributes small silver coins known as Maundy money to elderly people. A small sum of ordinary money is also given in lieu of gifts of clothing and food that the Sovereign once gave to those who also received the Maundy money. The name Maundy and the actual giving of Maundy money itself comes from the instruction or mandate that Jesus Christ gave to his disciples at the Last Supper, the day before he was crucified, that his followers should love one another and show that love through their practical care for others. In the Middle Ages, English monarchs actually washed the feet of beggars in imitation of what Jesus did to his disciples and gave clothing, food and money to the poor. Over time, the washing of the feet stopped and additional money was substituted for the giving of actual clothing and food. Today, those who receive Maundy money get two small leather purses, a red one containing £5.50, the allowance for food and clothing, and a white purse containing specially minted silver penny pieces, the total of which equals the number of years of the monarch's age. Whilst the significance of the service remains, some changes have been made. Recipients are no longer chosen for their poverty. Instead, they're chosen to recognise service that they've given to their churches or communities and are drawn from various different Christian denominations. Manx people have over the years been selected and travelled to the UK to be part of this historic event. This year, the service where Her Majesty the Queen was represented by Prince Charles was in St George's Chapel in Windsor and included Manx recipients, one of whom joins me now. Reverend Canon Margaret Burrow is an Anglican priest living in Peel and very much a part of church life in the west of the island. And for her, it all started with an envelope. And it had a postmark which said Buckingham Palace.
3: I've never had an envelope that says Buckingham Palace before. And then inside it was saying, would you like to have the Maundy money? Well, it was a bit of a shock because it's not something you expect. It just came out of the blue. You were asked to take with you a companion, someone who could care for you. And and I thought, well, I don't think I need real care, but I would like to take somebody with me to talk to and to be involved. So I thought about somebody who would really appreciate the liturgy and the service and would get a lot out of it, as well as me getting the presentation, would really enjoy the thrill and the pageantry of the occasion and so I invited Patricia Craig to come with me and it was an honour for both of us and we're both roughly the same age and we both have the same sort of attitude to life which made it a really good few days away.
0: Now, I've known you for a year or two, Margaret, and (laughs) and you're not the kind of person who looks for decorations, awards and honours. You are much more concerned about your ministry. Your ministry is massively important to you. So really Mm. to be part of history, the Maundy money, the receipt of Maundy money Mm. is steeped in really medieval history, isn't it?
3: Yes, it's been going on for so long and it's such a tradition that the sovereign comes and gives originally to the poor, and it's grown and grown and become such an important occasion in the church because it happens on Maundy Thursday, which was the day when we commemorate Jesus taking off his outer robe and getting a towel and a bowl and washing the disciples' feet. And there you are, you've got the King of Kings putting himself at the feet of humble people and so the tradition goes back even really beyond the sovereign doing this and so the Queen is taking upon herself this sense of being a servant and that's what we are as priests, we're servants, servants to the people and your service is in giving people a good experience of the church Many people now won't come inside the church other than for hatches, matches and dispatches. But if they come in and you can give them something to take away that they're going to remember, what you're doing is what Jesus did. He, he went out and he didn't just preach and tell them what to do or what not to do or to obey this law or that law. What he did was to be to them as a servant
0: but as a servant that would encourage them. And indeed, the Maundy Money now, it really is a recognition of service because it's given to people over 70 years of age who have in some way served their community.
4: Yes. Now,
0: as somebody who loves liturgy, <laughs> uh, was, it, was it a very wonderful service, Margaret? It was marvellous. It was
3: based around the Book of Common Prayer, which I think is where the Queen comes from. And for somebody of my age to have the Book of Common Prayer language was quite pleasant for a change. But it was not just the liturgy, but it was the whole, well, choreography of the thing and and the number of people who were involved. We had the processions, the yeomen of the guard, and all these people who really were absolutely on point. They may have done it dozens of times, but... They still did it as if it was the most important time they've ever did it. And the music was absolutely beautiful and it was beautifully timed so that just as Prince Charles finished giving the money, the music stopped and we went on to the next bit of the service. That precision... I suppose I'm a mathematician at heart in any way. <laughs> so that precision really is something that I love to see. So it was, in that sense, an absolutely marvellous occasion. But the thing that really... I think uplifted me and uplifted many people was that the last piece of music, as Prince Charles was going round, there was a very very long introduction before the choir came in, and and it was it was a relatively small choir, but boy did it hit the ceiling, <laughs> and and it was just such a lovely thing and so uplifting, and then after we'd had the service. We went up and there was a reception and people were talking and you started talking to people you'd never seen before. And I I bumped into somebody I hadn't seen for more than 10 years, who is 91 and a priest, and like me, ordained in her later years, and she was receiving the Maundy money. I went to embrace her and she just looked at me and the delight on her face and the joy, you know. We'd both experienced something, we'd both really enjoyed it. Somebody else who you know who also has been in the same sort of position as you and really served the Lord.
0: Well, we simply had to include Zadok the Priest, the music that was so uplifting during the distribution of this year's Maundy money, bringing back some special memories, I hope, for Reverend Canon Margaret Burrow as she shared her thoughts on being part of that historic service in St George's Chapel in Windsor. A few days ago, on June the 9th, the Church celebrated the Feast of St Columba, the Irish monk who lived in the 6th century. Columba was given the name Crimpan when he was baptised, but when he was a boy he was so often found praying in the town church that his friends called him Comsil, meaning Dove of the Church, and it was as Com, or its Latin form Columba, that he was known for the rest of his life. He was ordained priest in his early twenties, and when a cousin gave him some land at Derry, he decided to start a monastery. He travelled through Northern Ireland teaching Christianity and inspiring people by his personal holiness. In just 10 years he founded 30 monasteries, but Columba's strong personality made him some enemies. He was accused of starting a war between two Irish tribes and was sentenced by the High King never to see Ireland again, but to spend the rest of his life in exile. With just 12 companions, he sailed from the shores he loved and settled on a bleak island called Iona off the coast of Scotland. The monks made occasional visits to the Scottish mainland, preaching Christianity, and very soon their community had 150 members. Columba spent the rest of his life on Iona, praying, fasting and teaching his monks. He inspired the missionary work of his monks and long before his death at the end of the 6th century, he was regarded as a saint and is today a beloved figure in Celtic tradition. We recall his deep love of nature and deeper love of God with words brought to us by Phil Crane and music from Emma Christian. The poem by the Scottish author Kenneth
5: Stephen entitled Columba. A film lies across the water meadows like a muslin shawl. Birds lament among rushes, their low voices trailing like beads of glass. The sun has not been born yet, remains under woods and hills. Columba goes down, his ankles buried by soft water, by green fronds, slippery, making no more sound than a deer. The swans drift over the water so white they hurt the eyes. He stops, forgetting everything, as he watches the stoop and silver of their grace, the sudden ripplings of their backs cast by wind, the furlings of the huge wings like shards of ice. They too are prayers, personified, awakenings of God in the morning waterland. He goes on to the strange stone head carved and lying dormant in the grass. Those wide eyes never blinked, the ringlets of stone hair curling about the enigma of a half-buried face. He comes here even though the smiths who cut this have known only gods of wood and loam, have chanted under the wheel of stars, made strange offerings of fire and wheat and gold here at the water meadows end he finds the christ ripe in his heart his lips brim with words that soar like larks into the sky almost as if some spring of light and joy wells from the ground beneath he kneels in the wet softness of the earth and smells the springtime yellow in his veins become the place he prays in.
0: Emma Christian with Pada Killier, an invocation to St Columba. And before that, Phil Crane brought us the words of Scottish poet Kenneth Stephen. And if you thought you could hear birdsong behind Phil's voice, you were right. Respecting St Columba's love of nature, we recorded that poem out in the glorious Manx countryside. Margaret Sylph is known all over the world as an inspirational author. I've lost count of the number of books she's written. She's also a retreat leader and speaker, and she's patron of the Ireland Spirituality Network, and it's at the invitation of that group that she's coming to the island next Saturday. Just like the Ireland Spirituality Network, Margaret is committed to working across and beyond the denominational divides to help everyone to develop a strong spiritual life that's right for them. So the day that Margaret will be leading is open to everyone of all faiths and none. It's in Balagueri Methodist Chapel next Saturday from 10am to 4pm, and whilst drinks will be provided, you're asked to bring along a packed lunch. Margaret's theme will be Through Turmoil to Transformation. We all have times of great change and upheaval in our life, but whilst they're awkward and sometimes very painful, they can also lead us to places where new life can flourish. If you want an idea of what Margaret might be saying on Saturday, here she is talking about a
4: book she wrote on this very subject. I wrote the thing out of a time of dislocation in my own life, various kinds, various things, quite serious changes, big changes. But I think the same patterns apply, whether we're looking at personal crises, losses, or maybe sudden illness, injury, bereavement, including very Apparently minor things can dislocate us and pull us out of the comfort zone and open up the fault lines and and suddenly we're in an earthquake emotionally. And when I look at those things in people's personal lives, I see very strong connections between the patterns there and the patterns that are existing in in the apparently much bigger global breakdowns that we're facing, like the uh, crisis in climate change, the economic crisis, the crisis of poverty... The crisis of uh, the breakdown of trust in institutions generally, or in some areas anyway. Let's remember as Christians um, that the central point of Christian faith hangs on a point of breakdown on the cross. Total, apparent total breakdown, which actually became a gateway to a breakthrough. So it's that movement, that dynamic of breakdown leading to breakthrough, which we see in our sacred story, for those who are into the sacred story, but it's just as clear there in the science story, in chaos theory, in the new cosmology, in the story of life on this planet, has gone through many extinctions, and not rebirths exactly, but a re-emergence of something not just the same, but surviving, but actually transcending what went before, taking a quantum leap forward. So to see that Pattern in things would help me see. Let's say I'm in a in a crisis in my own life. Let's say I've lost my job, and it looks like the end of the line, and I don't know where to turn. Can I trust that with hindsight, many maybe many years down the track, I look back and say, "Oh wow!" But now I realise if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have discovered what perhaps new resources within myself or new directions that I could take that something new, not always, it would be foolish to deny that sometimes bad things happen and there's no apparent benefit. You're offering something to those who believe in God and those who believe in just perhaps another being or perhaps nothing in particular. Mm, uh, We have different names for this mystery. Some of us call God and some of us would call the universe and some of us would call the force and some of us would say it's all completely random. But even the Richard Dawkins of this world... uh, still have the experience of noticing new life coming out of the apparent death of the old. A man called Macquarie, a Scottish theologian who differentiated between what he called authentic and non-authentic faith. Authentic faith doesn't deny that bad things happen and that you can live a lifetime and still not see any reason for it. But to trust, just as Jesus trusted through the through the crucifixion and, and death, that somehow this mystery we call God or whatever we call this mystery is working with us. That that is actually for me a crucial question of faith. A person of faith says, I actually trust that whatever is holding all of this in being is not just some neutral entity. I don't trust anybody who says they've got the answer or they've arrived because anybody who's arrived has gone down a cul-de-sac in my view.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Margaret Sylph sharing a few thoughts on getting through turmoil to transformation and if you'd like to meet and listen to Margaret come to Balagueri Methodist Chapel next Saturday at 10 o'clock. Don't forget to bring your packed lunch and there'll be a warm welcome for everyone and now it's time for our word of the week from Ruth Rice founder of Renew Wellbeing, cafe-style safe spaces where everyone is welcomed, supported and gently encouraged to find their own pathway to mental health. Ruth has created a very personal A to Z of things that are good for her own mental and emotional well-being, and she pops in each week in case what's good for her might be good for us too. This week the letter is F, F for Failure. Over to you, Ruth. I don't know whether most of us
6: are comfortable with the idea of failing. I think we're maybe taught through a variety of ways that failure is not an option and we must get things right. I certainly used to have a language around things being, have I got it right, have I done enough yet? I think failure is probably our best way of learning stuff, isn't it? When it was the weakest, lowest point in my life, when it felt like a complete failure, I couldn't even get out of bed and look after my kids... I probably learned the most through that year of my life. A failure is most definitely an option. In fact, it's possibly sometimes the only way to properly learn. We knew that when we were little, didn't we? We knew it when we were kiddies. We knew it when we were falling over and then getting up again. To be honest, if we'd thought when we were you know, toddling that failure was the end of things, none of us would be walking around now because <laughs> we had to get up again and carry on. Somehow we learn that failure is not an option As we get older, I'd like to reintroduce it as one of the best ways of learning.
0: Failure, F, is for failure, is definitely an option. Thank you, Ruth Rice. And there'll be more from Ruth's Alphabet of Wellbeing next week. And don't forget that we have two renewed spaces here on the island. One is in the Methodist Church in Peel that's opposite the Centenary Centre in Athol Street. And the other is at the Well Cafe on Broadway here in Douglas. And that's almost all that we have time for today, so let's finish with a look at our notice board. Two events this week in Port St Mary Methodist Church. A coffee morning on Tuesday at 10, and on Thursday evening there's a Domino's Drive, also in Port St Mary Methodist Church. It starts at half past seven. Tickets are £7 each, which will include bacon or sausage baps. To reserve your tickets, ring 834 696. And this week, the very popular series of summer concerts starts in St. Thomas's Church here in Douglas, just off the promenade by the Gaiety Theatre. The concerts are every Wednesday at a quarter to eight, with free admission and refreshments. This week, the concert will be given by Manx Voices under the direction of Angela Stewart. Looking now to next Sunday, and Glen May Chapel invite you to join them for an afternoon tea and entertainment to celebrate their chapel anniversary. It's next Sunday the 19th at 3 o'clock. Admission is free, but donations for the work of the church would be appreciated. Also next Sunday at 3 o'clock, there'll be a Teze workshop in the woods at Dorby. A chance to share a peaceful afternoon together and learn some Teze chants. Everyone's welcome. You don't need to have sung Teze before. It's very easy to pick up, so just come and enjoy. Meet in Dolby Schoolrooms behind St. James's Church at 3 o'clock next Sunday, then walk down to the woods together for the workshop, returning to the schoolrooms for a bit of a tea, with the option of staying on for a teze service at half past six in Dolby Church. There's no charge, though donations would be appreciated. The walk is approximately 30 minutes on roads and tracks, so sturdy footwear would be advisable and you will need midge repellent and maybe a hat to wear in the woods. Numbers are restricted, so please book in advance by contacting Cheryl on eight four three four seven one. The wet weather alternative will be in the schoolrooms. And last but by no means least, the next Mariner's service will be held next Sunday the 19th in Sandygate Chapel. As usual, it'll be at half past six and the preacher will be Mrs Marilyn Cannell, with supper and community hymn singing after the service. And that's all that we have time for now, but I'll be back in the studio tonight from nine with sundown. Easy listening music to round off the weekend. And I'd love you to join me if you can. Do please email me if you've got items for the notice board. Judith Lay at manxradio.com So, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning.